Hello and welcome to Scintillating Stories. In this show we read short stories by a variety of authors. Today we're reading a story by Dorothy Parker. She was an American modernist writer, famous for her satire and with a talent for crafting comedy out of misfortune. Today's tale finds us paying a visit to a sick friend. Lady with a Lamp by Dorothy Parker Mona. Well, you poor sick thing, you. Oh, you look so little and white and little, you do, lying there in that great big bed. That's what you do. You go and look so childlike and pitiful and nobody would have the heart to scold you. And I ought to scold you, Mona. Oh, yes, I should so too. Never letting me know you were ill. Never a word to your oldest friend. Darling, you might have known I'd understand, no matter what you did. What do I mean? What do you mean, what do I mean, Mona? Of course, if you'd rather not talk about it, not even to your oldest friend. All I wanted to say was that you might have known that I'm always for you, no matter what happens. I do admit, sometimes it's a little hard for me to understand how on earth you ever got into such, well... Goodness knows, I don't want to nag you now when you're so sick. All right, Mona, then you're not sick. If that's what you want to say, even to me. Why, all right, my dear. People who aren't sick have to stay in bed for nearly two weeks, I suppose. I suppose people who aren't sick look the way you do. Just your nerves? You were simply all tired out. I see. It's just your nerves. Oh, you were simply tired. Yes. Oh, Mona, Mona, why don't you feel you can trust me? Well, if that's the way you want to be to me, that's the way you want to be. I won't say anything more about it. Only I do think you might have let me know that you had... Well, that you were so tired, if that's what you want to say. Why, I'd never have known a word about it if I hadn't run bang into Alice Patterson, and she told me she'd called you up, and that maid of yours said that you'd been sick in bed for ten days. Of course, I thought it rather funny that I hadn't heard from you, but you know how you are. You simply let people go, and weeks can go by, like, well, weeks, and never a sign from you. Well, I could have been dead over and over again, for all you know. Twenty times over. Now, I'm not going to scold you when you're sick, but frankly and honestly, Mona, I said to myself, this time, well, she'll have a good wait before I call her up. I've given in often enough, goodness knows. Now she can just call me first. Frankly and honestly, that's what I said. And then I saw Alice, and I did feel mean. I really did. And now, to see you lying there, well, I feel like a complete dog. That's what you do to people, even when you're in the wrong. The way you always are, you wicked little thing, you. Oh, the poor dear. Feels just so awful, doesn't it? Oh, don't keep trying to be brave, child. Not with me. Just give in. It helps so much. (laughs) Just tell me all about it. You know I'll never say a word. Or at least you ought to know. 
When Alice told me that maid of yours said you were all tired out and your nerves had gone bad, I naturally never said anything. But I thought to myself, well, maybe that's the only thing Mona could say was the matter. That's probably about the best excuse she could think of. And of course, I'll never deny it, but perhaps it might have been better to have said you had influenza or tomain poisoning. After all, people don't stay in bed for ten whole days just because they're nervous. All right, Mona, then they do, then they do. Yes, dear. To think of you going through all this and crawling off here all alone like a wounded little animal or something, and with only that Edie to take care of you. Darling, oughtn't you to have a trained nurse? I mean, really oughtn't you? There must be so many things that have to be done for you. But Mona, Mona, please, dear, you don't have to get so excited. Very well, my dear, it's just as you say. There isn't a single thing to be done. I was mistaken. That's all. I simply thought that after... Oh, now you don't have to do that. You never have to say you're sorry to me. I understand. As a matter of fact, I was glad to hear you lose your temper. It's a good sign when sick people are cross. It means they're on the way to getting better. Oh, I know. You go right ahead and be cross all you want to. Look, where shall I sit? I want to sit someplace where you won't have to turn around so you can talk to me. You stay right where you're lying and I'll... Because you shouldn't move around, I'm sure. Oh, it must be terribly bad for you. All right, dear, you can move around all you want to. All right, I must be crazy. I'm crazy then. We'll leave it like that. Only please, please don't excite yourself that way. I'll just get this chair and put it over... Oh, oh, sorry, joggled the bed. Put it over here, where you can see me. There. But first I want to fix your pillows before I get settled. Well, they certainly are not all right, Mona, after the way you've been twisting them and pulling them these last few minutes. Now look, honey, I'll help you raise yourself very... Very slow, slow. Oh, oh, of course, you can sit up by yourself, dear. Of course you can. Nobody ever said you couldn't. Nobody ever thought of such a thing. There now. Your pillows are all smooth and lovely. And you lie right back down again before you hurt yourself. Now, isn't that better? Well, I should think it was. Just a minute, I'll get my sewing. Oh, oh yes, I, I brought it along so we'd be all cosy. Do you honestly, frankly and honestly, think it's pretty? I'm so glad. It's nothing but a tray cloth, you know. But but you simply can't have too many. They're a lot of fun to make, too. Doing this edge, it, it goes so quickly. Oh, Mona, dear, so often I think if you just had a home of your own and could be all busy making pretty little things like this for it, it would do so much for you. I worry so about you, living in a little furnished apartment with nothing that belongs to you, no roots, no nothing. It's not right for a woman. It's all wrong for a woman like you. Oh, I wish you could get over that Gary McVicar. Oh, why, Mona Morrison, why are you crying? Oh, you've got a cold. You've got a cold too. I thought you were crying there for a second. Don't you want my handkerchief, lamb? Oh, you have yours. 
Wouldn't you have a pink chiffon handkerchief, you nut? Why on earth don't you use cleansing tissues? Just lying there in bed with no one to see you, you little idiot. Extravagant little fool. What you've been doing is really horrible. Just drifting along, that's all. What's going to happen to you? But no, you don't even think of it. You go and go falling in love with that Gary. Bill, my dear, you've got to give me credit. I said from the very first, he'll never marry her. You know that. What? Well, there was never any thought of marriage with you and Gary. Oh, Mona, now listen. Every woman on earth thinks of marriage as soon as she's in love. Every woman. I don't care who she is. Goodness knows, I just can't speak decently to that Gary after the way he treated you. Well, you know perfectly well none of your friends can. But I can frankly and honestly say if he had married you, I'd absolutely let bygones be bygones, and I'd just be as happy as happy for you, if he's what you want. And I will say, with your lovely looks and what with good-looking as he is, you ought to have simply gorgeous children. Oh, Mona, baby, you really have got a rotten cold, haven't you? Don't you want me to get you another handkerchief? Really? I'm simply sick that I didn't bring you any flowers, but I thought the place would be full of them. Well, I'll, I'll stop on the way home and send you some. It looks too dreary here without a flower in the room. Didn't Gary send you any? Oh, he didn't. Oh, he didn't know you were sick. Doesn't he send you flowers anyway? Listen, hasn't he called up all this time and found out whether you were sick or not? Not in ten days. Well, then haven't you called him and told him? Ah, now, Mona, there is such a thing as being too much of a heroine. Let him worry a little, dear. It would be a very good thing for him. Maybe that's the trouble. You've always taken all the worry for both of you. Hasn't sent any flowers, hasn't even telephoned. Well, I'd just like to talk to that young man for a few minutes. After all, this is all his responsibility. He's away. He's what? Oh, we went to Chicago two weeks ago. Well, it seems to me I'd always heard that there were telephone wires running between here and Chicago, but of course... And you'd think since he'd been back, the least he could do would be to do something... Oh, he's not back yet? Mona, what are you trying to tell me? Why, just the night before last. Said he'd let you know the minute he got home. Well, of all the rotten low things I've ever heard in my life, this really is the... Oh, Mona, did... please lie down. Please, please. Well, I, 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 I didn't mean anything. I, I don't know what I was going to say. Honestly, I don't. Well, it couldn't have been anything. Oh, for goodness sake, let, let's talk about something else. Let's see. Oh, you really ought to see Julia Post's living room, the way she's done it now. She has brown walls, not beige, you know, or tan or anything, but brown. And these cream-coloured taffeta curtains and... Mona, I tell you, I absolutely don't know what I was going to say. It's gone completely out of my head. So you see how unimportant it must have been. Oh, dear, please, just lie quiet and try to relax. Please forget about that man for a few minutes. 
Anyway, no man's worth getting that worked up about. Catch me doing it. <laughs> you know, you can't expect to get well quickly if you get yourself so excited. You know that. What doctor did you have, darling? Or, or don't you want to say? Your own. Oh, oh, your own Dr. Britton. Oh, you don't mean it. Well, I certainly never thought that he'd do a thing like... Yes, dear, of course he's a nerve specialist. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yes, dear, of course you have the perfect confidence in him. I only wish you would in me once in a while. After all, we went to school together and everything. You might know I absolutely sympathise with you. I don't see how you could possibly have done anything else. I know you've always talked about how you'd give anything to have a baby, but it would have been so terribly unfair to the child to bring it into the world without being married. You'd have to go and live abroad and never see anybody. And even then, somebody would have been sure to have told it sometime. They always do. You did the only possible thing, I think, Mona. For heaven's sake, don't scream like that. I'm not deaf, you know. All right, dear. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yes, all right. Of course, I believe you. Naturally, I take your word for anything, anything you say. Only, only, please, try to be quiet. Just, just lie back and rest and have a nice talk. Oh no! Don't keep harping on that. I've told you a hundred times. If I've told you once, I wasn't going to say anything at all. I tell you, I don't remember what I was going to say. Night before last. When did I mention night before last? I, I never said any such... Well, well maybe it's, it's better this way, Mona. The, the more I think of it, the more I think it's much better for you to hear it from me because somebody's bound to tell you. These things always come out. And I know you'd rather hear it from your oldest friend, wouldn't you? And the Lord knows anything I could do to make you see what that man really is. Only... Only do relax, darling, just for me. Dear, Gary isn't in Chicago. Fred and I saw him night before last at the Comet Club, dancing. And Alice saw him Tuesday night at El Rumba. And I don't know how many people have said they've seen him around at the theatre, nightclubs and things. Why he couldn't have stayed in Chicago more than a day or so, if he went at all. Well... He was with her when we saw him, honey. Apparently, he's with her all the time. Nobody ever sees him with anyone else. You really must make up your mind to it, dear. It's the only thing to do. I hear all over that he's just simply pleading with her to marry him, but I don't know how true that is. I'm sure I can't see why he'd want to. But then you never can tell what a man like him will do. It would be just good enough for him if he got her. That's what I say. Then he'd see. She'd never stand for any of his nonsense. She'd make him toe the mark. She's a smart woman. But oh, so ordinary, I thought, when we saw them the other night. Well, she just looks cheap, that's all she looks. That must be what he likes, I suppose. I must admit, he looked very well. I never saw him look better. Of course you know what I think of him. But I always had to say he's one of the, the handsomest men I ever saw in my life. I could understand how any woman would be attracted to him at first, until they found out what he really is like. Oh, if you could have seen him with that awful 
common creature, never once taking his eyes off her and hanging on to every word she said as if it were pearls. It may be just... Oh, Mona, Angel, are you crying? Oh, no, darling, that's just plain silly. That man's not worth another thought. You've thought about him entirely too much. That's the trouble. Three years, three of the best years of your life you've given him, and all the time he's been deceiving you with that woman... Just think back over what you've been through, all the times and times and times he promised you he'd give her up, and you, you, you poor little idiot, you believed him, and then he'd go right back to her again, and everybody knew about it. Think of that, and then try telling me that man's worth crying over. Really, Mona, I'd, I'd have more pride. You know, I'm, I'm just glad this happened. I'm just glad that you found out. This is a little too much this time. In Chicago, indeed. Let you know the minute he came home. The kindest thing a person could possibly have done was to tell you and bring you to your senses at last. I'm not sorry I did it, for a second. When I think of him out having the time of his life and you lying here deathly sick, all on account of him, I could just... Yes, it is on account of him. Even if you didn't have a... Well, even if I was mistaken about what I naturally thought was the matter with you when you made such a secret about your illness. He's driven you into a nervous breakdown, and that's plenty bad enough. All for that man, that skunk. You just have to put him right out of your head. Well, of course you can, Mona. All you need to do is pull yourself together. Simply say to yourself, well, I've wasted three years of my life and that's that. Never worry about him any more. Lord knows, darling, he's not worrying about you. It's just because you're weak and sick that you're worked up like this, dear. I, I know. But you're going to be all right. You can make something of your life. You've got to, Mona. You know, because after all, well, of course, you've never looked sweeter. I, I don't, I, I don't mean that, but you, well, you're not getting any younger, and, and here you've been throwing away your time, never seeing your friends, never going out, never meeting anybody new, just sitting here waiting for Gary to telephone or Gary to come in if he didn't have anything better to do for three years. You've never had a thought in your head but that man, and now you just have to forget him. Oh, baby, it isn't good for you to cry like that. Please don't. He's not even worth talking about. Look at the woman he's in love with and you'll see what kind he is. You were much too sweet for him. You gave in too easily. The minute he had you, he didn't want you anymore. That's what he's like. Why, he's no more loved you than... Oh, Mona, Mona, don't, Mona, please, Mona, you mustn't talk like that. You mustn't say such things. You've got to stop crying. You'll be, you'll be terribly sick. Oh, stop, stop it, stop it. Please, please stop. What am I going to do with her? Mona, dear Mona. Oh, oh where in heaven's name is that fool maid? Edie, Edie, I, I think you better get Dr. Brighton on the telephone and, and tell him to come down and, and give Miss Morrison something to quiet her. I'm, I'm afraid she's got herself a little upset. Thank you so much for listening. Our submission window is still open till the 30th of April. We will be accepting original pieces of written work to be performed on the podcast. 
Whether you're a first-time writer or an expert with a pen, we want to hear from you. We're accepting prose, poetry, radio play scripts, and critical reviews of books, films, or plays. We want to help uplift your creative voice, literally. So have fun and show us what you've got. You can find full details of our submission process on our website, yorickradioproductions.com. There will be a link in the description. This has been a Yorick Radio production 